Welcome to issue number four of The Infinite Backlog, a chronological tour of the best and most noteworthy Marvel comics. I'm your friendly neighborhood, Andy, and with me are my two co-hosts, Maximum Shane. Choo-choo! Okay, we're not, I didn't say Maximum Train. <laughs> oh, and, sorry, I thought you said Maximum Train. <laughs> Sometimes I forget I'm not a train. And the uncanny Rory. Choo-choo-too. <laughs> There was no train possibility in the end. Now we're Rory. a train. Now we're just two boys in a train. <laughs> we all got on the train together, I thought. Oh, God. All right, fine. We're all on a train. And we're reading comics. Uh, today's comics are going to follow the Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, and Doctor Strange. And they take us from July through October of 1964. And I got to tell you, the most noteworthy things I could find that happened in those months were uh, the Gulf of Tonkin incident and Bob Dylan introducing the Beatles to the wonders of marijuana for the first time. <laughs> uh, and I didn't know we had a special date for that. I didn't know that was like on a calendar somewhere that like in like when the Beatles August, got good. Yeah. Yeah. August 1964 when the Beatles started smoking. That's uh, yeah. Because before they were doing like they were doing like mom rock for, for right. like. <laughs> Love me do, and then afterwards they were like, "Lucy the sky." <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys doing? How's everything going? This train's going full speed ahead, baby. <laughs> uh, do we have anything jumping out at us that we want to talk about? Um, I had the most fun with Spider Man. I think. Yeah, Spider Man is always probably going to be the most fun. I was very intrigued by the Fantastic Four stuff that we got. Unless, uh, we, yeah, unless we want to put Fantastic Four right, right immediately on the wall of shame. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and talk about <laughs> Fantastic Four first because it's the worst. Yes. No, okay, all right. Well, let let's talk about it. We read uh, we read the you, annual. You can't just say no. <laughs> no, <laughs> we read annual number two and we read issue 31 and the annual is very doom centric. Dr. Doom. I did like the uh, doom, the doom stuff. The first part. And yeah, that was the best part. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the, part I, with, the part with no Reed Richards. <laughs> the part with no Reed Richards is the best part of Fantastic Four. Oh. No, I actually was I actually was really interested. Uh, I was unaware. I, I like like we've said, we haven't read a ton of Marvel comics and I was unaware that Dr. Doom was canonically Romany like. That's pretty crazy. I mean, obviously, they use the word gypsy here in, in the 60s. But, like, I didn't know that. And I, I thought that was kind of interesting. And for a second, I thought it was going to be really cool. It's weird, too, because at the time, you know, gypsy as a slang has multiple connotations. And you're, you're not – they don't really give you a lot to – but they, it does seem like they're – He's pretty clearly trying to be a sort of a Romani gypsy, I would agree. It, it's interesting because first, like, I, I actually think this is some of the most interesting uh, uh, story structure we've gotten. Or, like, it, it seems it seems really intense. Like, his, his dad is, like, taken by a local baron to go, like, use his quote-unquote gypsy magic to heal his ailing wife. And yeah, the dad's like, that I was... can't do that. That was the, <laughs> but the, weird, the weird thing about that, though, like, yeah, that was... Uh, an interesting like real racism sort of showing up but we'd also but we'd also seen craven got his powers from a gypsy potion or an african witch doctor potion you know yes, it's like uh -huh. it's, equ it's equally racist and in this case it's actually real and then as it turns out there are gypsy potions <laughs> i know as it, that's when they ruined it for me because i was i was really hoping they were going to be like oh my gosh this is cool they're showing like prejudice against the the people and thinking that like they're all like these weird magicians and that's not true and then we learn his mom's a fucking sorcerer and like and she kept really secret potions <laughs> yeah secret exactly. potions in a magical chest <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. It 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 was really close to being very cool. And I guess, you know, if we want to if we want to go, you know, we're going back in time 60 years. So for going back in time 60 years, it's still really cool, I think. Uh, it's a neat backstory. I don't know that I believe uh, Stan Lee's note on the front that says, we confidently predict you will call this one of the greatest, most memorable origin <laughs> stories of all time. But I think it was really cool. Anyway. I would I would technically put it up there. I, I, Doctor Doom is one of the better origins of the Marvel yep. origins, especially if we're going to go with yep. the like non-retconned, still problematic versions of a lot of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's the Fantastic Four? They were all just like, they went Annoying to space scientists who who sneaked into a rocket early and went to space like idiots and then cosmic rays blasted them it's an odd one too because it's also one that they're not that so that was one of the i think one of the retcons is these cosmic rays wound up being like solar flare or something right something that's not a permanent part of our sort of like space ecosystem yeah yeah because like every astronaut would become fantastic four if it was all just cosmic rays <laughs> which is basically what happens every time somebody go, when they go to space their power is revert right and then yeah yeah exactly but they're inconsistent with it and we've seen other people go into space like dr doom mm-hmm. who i think also later is retconned to have gotten powers from the same or maybe that was just in the movies that i don't remember it's kind of sometimes hard to keep track of which origin stories are the real ones <laughs> wait yeah. which which uh movie was he in uh dr doom was in most of the movies i think wasn't he I don't, I don't know. I think, he was, I think he was in the most recent one, that weird reboot that they did with, uh, was it Kate Mara? Is she, was she in it? I don't know. Fantastic. I've never seen a Fantastic Four movie not on an airplane. <laughs> I, I've only seen like the one. I've only seen one of them. I didn't know that there was more than one. There are three Fantastic Four films. What do you mean? <laughs> they have to keep they have to keep making Fantastic Four the rights revert to Marvel. So they just pump out a new one every four or five years. Uh, well, of course, that was true until Disney bought Fox, and now they yes, just own it. Now, it. now things are, yeah, sort of coming back under one corporate, corporate umbrella. As God intended. One company, one God. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey, right? We're talking about Mickey. And Mickey is Mickey. Our, company, our company God. Lord save the... <laughs> Long may he reign. We, that's why we learned the Pledge of Allegiance, is so we can pledge allegiance to Mickey. Yeah. It's all just training for the day when when Mickey supplants all of our idols. And and it's really easy somehow to just sort of shift our our, our practices over to, to, the, to the, the, the eared one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, the one thing, the other thing that we really get out of that, that origin story is uh, we learn that... Um, you know, as he grew up after losing his dad, like, you know, he he like becomes kind of a grifter. And then he goes to college on a scholarship in the U.S. because he lives in Latveria, which we should mention uh, his own country that supposedly at this point in time is located in the Bavarian Alps. But I think they retcon it later to be more like Romania, Hungary kind of area. Well, you know, it, it's actually kind of interesting because I think we are somewhat spoiled in terms of geopolitics because there's been very few new countries or like countries that stop being countries in our lifetime uh-huh. yeah i think it may have not been that wild like that new borders would have been drawn <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean like it doesn't uh-huh. I, I think because the, the, you know marvel has done this a few times whether that's latveria or wakanda or just some some random red country that they don't want to specifically call <laughs> you know call out yeah. but you know they they've they've just like completely redone the borders of the middle east not that long ago in, in yeah. this in this period um, yep. I don't remember when the African borders got drawn. I think it was closer to World War II. Europe has obviously been going through their stuff. So 
I don't know. Maybe it's less wild to think of just like countries we didn't know about just being there. <laughs> it seems silly. It seems really silly. It does. I know. Yeah, we're so like like it feels it feels like we live in crazy times, and we certainly do. But like geopolitically, like the ba- the borders have been pretty damn stable since we were born. Yeah. Yeah, so Latveria is interesting, and he meets Reed and Ben uh, while they're at college. And uh, my favorite thing in the world is that when when Reed and Ben become roommates, and Ben introduces himself as Ben Grimm, Reed goes, "Oh, Ben Grimm, the Touchdown King." <laughs> the t- yeah, they, it feels it feels a lot like um, like a JD and Turk sort of roommateship, like one cool guy <laughs> yeah. and one huge dweeb. <laughs> yeah, the Touchdown King. Can we briefly talk about the villain gallery that's in between those two stories? Yes, we can. Yes, I, I was going to say though before gallery. before we we move on from the Doctor Doom origin, I wish we'd spent a little more time with them together at college. That seems like kind of a fun yeah. period where mm-hmm. Ben Grimm and Reed Richards and Doctor Doom go to college together. <laughs> you should tell Disney right now. That's like Monsters <laughs> University. I know they God, can capitalize be, on it. That'd be great. Like if if they were just like you know what we're not going to bring Fantastic Four into the movies immediately we're going to play the long game Reed Richards Doctor Doom and Ben Grimm are in college we do a whole TV series that's like one of those like just frat just a, just a total frat show like a Greek <laughs> or a, uh what are the other one Robot Undeclared. House <laughs> <laughs> it's Blue Blue Mountain State but Fantastic Four mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, this villain gallery in the middle, Shane. <laughs> talk, yeah, talk to me about, you say what you have to say first, because I am probably going to go off on one of these postcards. <laughs> okay, well, there's only two that really caught my eye, and one okay. of them actually shows up in the following story, which I thought was hilarious, because I didn't think there was any way they would bring this character back, uh, by which I mean Ramatut the Pharaoh from the future, <laughs> <laughs> which is I love him so bananas. Hard. Absolutely crazy. But the one that I think we need to talk about is the hate monger. (laughs) (laughs) This is a this is wall of shame so hard. (laughs) This is not the one that I was thinking of. Like this this one is also you you, you want to talk you want to talk about the alien baby? No, Uh, I don't want to talk about one of the villains. Uh, Mine is mine centers on one of the heroes. Oh, okay. Well, really quickly, I just want for for people who aren't reading along, I want you to know that the hate monger looks like a a grand wizard of the KKK from Doctor Strange's purple dimension. They just they just (laughs) they just put the KKK robe on and colored him purple, and he's named the hate monger. And it's really upsetting to look at combat boots. And chainmail. He has chainmail and combat boots. Yeah, because there's there's another character like them, I think, called the White Knight. That's a white KKK guy in armor. Oh God. The wait, hang on. The 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 blurb about him, uh-huh. Andy. Are are you looking at the page right now? Can you I'm read? Curr- the blurb? Currently not. No, I can pull it up. Okay. Boy, did we get letters about this character. <laughs> It's too bad we had to kill him off at the end. Judging by your mail, he might have become one of our most popular villains. Or should I? We should we say unpopular villains? Anyway, as we see it, the world is better off without him. There's enough <laughs> nutty hatred rampant today without anyone else trying to make a career of it. <laughs> I kind of love it. Yeah. It's really great. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a nice, like, um, little goodbye moment, right? Like, Yeah. A farewell to hate monger. Yeah. <laughs> hate monger, oh, so this real. is your life. You suck. So which one did you want to talk about, Jane? I I'm gonna I'm gonna text it to you as we're talking about it. 
But there is a little picture of Mr. Benjamin J. Grimm. Oh, who right. Is holding, who's vacuuming? He's <laughs> he looks like he works as a janitor now, <laughs> which is fine. But he's holding a mind detector. It's an Acme mind detector. And yeah. it's over. It just says, like, from your admirers on Yancey Street. And the little, like, inscription says, you're still clobbering time. Big hearted Benjamin J. Grimm. <laughs> And this whole moment is just oh, It's really it is good. Something else. It's it's it very good. Else. What's funny is it doesn't see because we know he hates Yancey Street and I that sort of feud is, I think, kind of unexplored. It's just a gag. Well, I mean, I think maybe, but we also did skip like thirty issues of Fantastic Four. So um, th- but the other funny thing is that in that picture, it, we don't really the mind the the Acme mind detector isn't like clearly going off. It just is on. So I yeah. like the idea that it, we don't actually know what's in the box. He's just go, he's just kind of being a lunatic, holding yeah. a mind detector <laughs> over a package with all the fan mail behind him. Also, he's made of rock; like he'd probably be fine. <laughs> uh, Do you okay. like the idea that they mailed him a landmine, though? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the other, so the other story in the annual that we should talk about, uh, at least briefly, uh, revolves around Latvian berry juice. Yeah, the Latvian berry juice. I guess it's just ber- berry juice that makes you hallucinate things, but you can choose what they hallucinate somehow. The magic of it was quite odd. Uh, and they have like a, there's like a fancy party that he's throwing at the Latvian embassy and he gets the Fantastic Four to show up because they don't know he's the ruler of Latveria. What it looked like, because he says, he's saying like, they're seeing what I want them to see. I thought it just made them a little bit less... At first, it made them like less able to sort of discern reality. And then he's mm-hmm. projecting these holograms. That's sort of what it seems like. Right. Um, but it but definitely doesn't pan it, out th- that it, way. Sh- then it shifts. And it's like, <laughs> no, these are just these are just a wizard's dream. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wake up. This is You've just been having a, wizard's, having a dream. wizard's dream. <laughs> <laughs> You've been having just a quiet little wizard's dream. <laughs> I love this woman that is dancing with and eating food with Ben. Oh, like, yeah. This opera singer trope that they have thrown him into with her big white gloves and her her very <laughs> like shapely figure. And she's like, oh, tell me, Mr. Grimm, how on earth did you become so powerful? <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine him being like, oh, big solar rays, I guess. I'm bad at dancing. And then just like he breaks her foot in half because he's dancing with her and steps on her. She has the most petite feet still. I know. She has baby feet. Hell, he's been stepping <laughs> off the ends. Her feet got shorter over the course of the night. Uh, I don't the, like the idea of calling your toes the ends. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Stop when I tickling my, my ends. foot ends. Uh, <laughs> I know we need to talk about the sexism, and we'll do that in a second, but I want to make sure that we give at least a minute to the encephalo gun. Which is the most confounding invention that I've ever seen in a comic so far. I'm sure that'll be uh, upended, but I ha- the, the, I don't understand the purpose of this device. It's a double-sided gun. So it's a I gun that thought has two that handles. Was all Dr. Doom's dream. I think that the gun was never real. I think. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But the fact that Dr. Doom came up with it is still just mystifying. It's very odd. 
it's a double-sided gun that just connects where the barrel would be. They both got handles, and then there's like weird little like l- things that connect to their forehead. It's like it's like Rock'em Sock'em robots, but you but you put your brain to it instead of your yeah. instead of your thumbs. And it's like they explicitly say it sends the one with the weaker mind into a timeless limbo from which there is no return. So why would you build this device? It's like a weird Russian roulette. I know. I believe the entire thing was Dr. Doom's dream, but I don't know. I, it's hard to say it is. when the dream took over. Maybe it's good for college parties. <laughs> well, there's there's a moment where where Reed actually like pours the juice in the thing for him. So like yeah. Reed actually pours pours the juice for them to drink and then the rest of the thing ensues until he leaves and he's like, I've won, so I'm leaving. Yeah, and it's and then it's all been a, it's all been a dream for Doctor Doom, and so that's how they get. And him that out was of another weird part because it was telegraphed. So I mean, I know it was, it's you know it's just it's still a kids comic, and then we've got limited page space for <laughs> for what's what's for what's supposed to be the two smartest people in the world. Reed came up with a really infantile plot, and then Doctor Doom fell for it. Yeah, um, I'll just get him to drink would, his own juice. <laughs> <laughs> this is a juice of a different nice, color, Doctor Doom. You know, because if we had spent more time with them in college, you know, we might have known like we, their history could have some real meaning, and you yeah. know, they oh, do you might think Dr. share. Doom was their Doctor Doom was their RA? Is that? You kind of see he had RA energy for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when he wasn't trying to do weird dorm room experiments trying to contact the netherworld, he was uh he was checking in making sure they weren't having sex in the dorms. <laughs> <laughs> but there 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 was an opportunity for that to have been, I think, a more somber moment where they might have shared a drink. Yeah. It, it just wasn't there. No. There there's that that's kind of a pattern in in at least these 60s comics so far where like they get really close to something that could have very cool emotional weight and they shy away or they just don't even think to do it, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't know if there's like a perception they're trying to keep where like, ah, these are just kids' rags, you know? But like, they don't really go for the hard-hitting stories at all yet. Well, until Dune comes out in a little while, a good book has, hasn't been written yet for them <laughs> to sort of compare to. I hate this. I hate it. Okay, somebody talk to me about Reed Richards being the worst man ever. Hang on, wait. You can't cross over you can't cross over Rory being Dr. Dune. Okay. You, you can't just pass over Dr. Dune on the other side of the podcast. You, <sighs> Herbert Senpai notice me. <laughs> oh my god. I Someone someone else talk about how terrible he is, because I have some compliments for Sue Storm when we're done with that. Okay, uh, we just have to read one quote uh, so that you understand the context. Uh, Sue says, I've been such a fool. And Reed says, not a fool, Sue, merely a female. You couldn't have reacted differently. <laughs> Woof. It, yeah. it took what Trash. was, until this week's reading, I would say... Clearly sexist stuff going on, especially in Fantastic Four. But, you know, it's 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 present in other things we're reading. Yeah. But it felt kind of like a, a product of both the times and the people it's written by and for. And this felt like it took it too far. Like, yeah. I have no excuse. I have no excuse left to give these guys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's not good. It doesn't feel good. It feels really bad, in fact. It's so consistently out of the mouth of Richards. Like, yeah. it's like he's... 
I mean, I get, I get that, like, especially the 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 married life dynamic brings out a lot of you know '60s men's sort of uh, antiquated ideas of what marriage should be like. I get that that's the most likely spot for sexism to rear its horrible head, but it just it almost feels targeted. Like, like in in it if does. this was. If this was even a little bit later, I'd almost feel like they were trying to say something about it with Reed. But it exactly. doesn't feel that way. It feels very honest <laughs> in like a horrible in spi- way. In yeah. Spider-Man, you can sort of see what they're going for. This is a sort yes. of male fantasy of all these women being into you. And it's gross, but it's you understand what the purpose it's trying to serve in the, in, within the narrative is. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's just no reason for these just <laughs> really nasty <laughs> remarks. In Fantastic Four. But what about Sue, Shane? So I I just love that this was a moment where when you forget about that, she kind of gets to show off um, how her powers have evolved since we did skip so many issues, right? We did, yeah. And so I don't, I don't remember if it was this one or the other one that we read where suddenly she doesn't just turn invisible. She goes like, oh, I can send my invisible marbles for you to trip on and I can make a force field now. <laughs> And You're I have talking about when Sue just chucks pebbles at Doctor Doom. Yeah, her her force pellets, little invisible force pellets. Yeah, yeah. Well, and she also, and of course, this is this is true forever. Like, I don't know that she was originally conceived to have this power, but she's got force fields. Like, that's yes. that's kind of her her major thing that she also can do. Like, I think it's sort of one and the same. Like a like a, an invisible force field that she can conjure that can also turn her invisible. I think it was an early development. It's not in the first, because we read the first issue and she doesn't yeah. demonstrate it. But I yeah. think as uh, you you realize that with... She needs with more. This, yeah, with, with, with the power level they've sort of established for these characters, turn, just going away isn't really very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with you, Shane. She gets she gets some she gets some fun moments, even though like in issue 31, when they're trying to fight the mole man, Reed is constantly being like, I don't want you to come along with us because you're frail and you'll die. And she's like, no, I can fucking do stuff. And he's like, yeah, fine. So, I, yeah, I, I, I like Sue. And maybe I like Sue more because of how much I'm starting to hate Reed, but I like Sue. Well, and also she kind of hits him with something. I don't remember the exact line, but that, you know, she's in the Fantastic Four first and his girlfriend second. Like, if these two are mm, conflicting, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let you know where I stand right now. Yeah, I'm part of this goddamn <laughs> team. It's cool. It's cool. I don't I, I don't think we need to talk about the Mole Man issue, really, except that uh, the cover to issue 31 is maybe the most desperate cover I have seen yet for one of these Marvel issues. Oh, I don't know that I noticed particularly. I'm going to I'm going to read you the text. This all of this text is on the cover. So when I read you like two paragraphs of text, understand that's insane for a cover. So here we go. We've got a real surprise for you somewhere in this thriller. You'll meet a character very briefly whose identity <laughs> when you learn it will come as a real shock to you. Ready? Okay, see if we're right. Hey, never mind how great this story is, just take a look at our swinging title, The Mad Menace of the Macabre Mole Man. It's like, how long are you going to try and convince me with a paragraph of text to pick up your comic book? Like, but whose cover supposed to Did we that? reveal on this one? It was their dad. Oh, that's it right. Was like we the, didn't reveal, the... oh, because we didn't know it was the dad. That's right. Yeah, that's not really it's a reveal because he's from this really, issue. Exactly, <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Anyway, I just it was it was crazy desperate to me. I, I it made me laugh out loud. I was like, good god. Uh, you want to you want to take like thirty seconds to talk about Doctor Strange? Everybody get one hot take. Shane. Um, Mordo looks like he's wearing a bald cap. 
<laughs> I, I'll, see if, I'll see if I can get it to 30 seconds. I, 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 I thought... I have, that, I have that written down. It sort of consistently, at least... In, so even more so with this week, um, were interesting premises. Well, I liked the spooky house <laughs> from last week, as well as the Nightmare yeah. Zone. So we're about to... Uh, anyway, my point was going to be, they're consistently coming up with kind of an interesting little elevator pitch for that week and then just fumbling the writing like yeah the loki one yeah. could have been good as oh my gosh. i also I, thought the, the so like sad. weird woman this like the weird time displaced woman who just turns out yep. to be cleopatra for no reason and they send her home no problem S- such an anticlimax. it's a really bad ending but they did send loki to purple town they did they send loki to the loki purple to dimension the purple town because <laughs> we can't let go of the purple dimension. God, in Seattle, so we live in Seattle. Uh, there, there is a there's a store, or there was a store uh, on Aurora Avenue called the Purple Store for the longest time, and everything they sold inside was purple. And that's every that's only that's the only thing I can think about when I think of the purple <laughs> dimension is walking into this bizarre store. Okay, my my thought is that uh, I got really confused about lore about Hogoth and Vishanti <laughs> because he keeps I, I, I you may have noticed I've been trying to to shoehorn some of his b- bullshit sayings into our outro our little sign off for for our show but he he always talks about the hoary hosts of Hogoth or like the the power of the Vishanti and this 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 little quote Doctor Strange will be back in next month's Strange Tales just as sure as every little Hogoth grows up to be a deathless Vishanti <laughs> and I'm just confused now about what we're talking about because I thought those were both <laughs> gods but maybe little Hogoths are like kids <laughs> but then they're just they're just pre Vishantis I don't understand that's my only hot take Doctor Strange is a nothing burger let's talk about Spider. <laughs> <laughs> All right, steer the train towards Spider-Man, Andy. Get us started. Choo-choo. Uh, we meet Green Goblin for the first time. How do you feel about the, him? He's kind of dumb at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> although they, they are they are teasing an identity that I'm I'm interested in because with it's funny how it, we're looking at these things and it's hard to tell what is just shit being thrown against the wall to see what sticks and what yeah. has been meticulously planned. So, for example. Green Goblin's identity, they're clearly teasing, is going to be important. Right. Um, but we have no context my, for his identity have, yet. No, not if it's going to be, uh, what's his face? Uh, well, it's Norman Osborn. Norman Osborn, yeah, 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 from the and very we beginning. Have not, and like the and whole context with, with why that's interesting is that his son, Harry Osborn, is a college classmate of Peter's. And that's like... He's like one of his friends. And so like that's where the drama comes from. And that's why it's supposed to be a reveal. So when we haven't even met Harry, it definitely feels like they don't know who the reveal is supposed to be. They're just, yeah. They're just trying to tease and, a reveal and hope they figure it out later. And mm-hmm. similarly, this Mary Jane character who is who's consistently teased as this like odd, sick, odd, this odd, sickly girl <laughs> who, uh, who Aunt <laughs> who May Aunt thinks May Peter. Oh, I, which I think is kind of funny because she keeps getting sick at the beginning. And I don't know if she's flaking on these dates or if she's as sickly as uh, Peter is supposed to be, is supposed, you know, mm. like, is that my belief? Mm-hmm. Like, is she just trying to set up these two, like, bubble <laughs> bubble kids? Uh. <laughs> I, just, I just think it's really funny that, like, Aunt May, Aunt May is so doggedly trying to set these two up. She's pretty Aunt, awful. Like, their friend, like, Aunt May's neighbor, uh, Mary Jane, is their niece. And so... I guess she's just like, it'd be nice if Peter dated the niece of my friend. But when Peter's like, 
Aunt May, I have a girlfriend. Her only response is, well, you're not really engaged or anything. You're not married. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I see you're a not ring on that yet. finger. <laughs> Aunt May's just like, play the fucking field. Sow those wild mm. oats, kid. But interestingly, it's actually kind of one of the lesser, lesser problematic incarnations of this relationship. Like, he's not Mm -hmm. some weird love struck horn dog who just watches her through the window for years. Uh huh. Yeah. (laughs) Years. He just watches. He spies on her. (laughs) I always thought the Tobey Maguire uh, MJ dynamic was really weird. Uh, because it's movies. not cool. It's not cool it's to just spy on people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that needs to be said. <laughs> not cool to watch from afar. <laughs> yeah. So we had we had two issues with with Green Goblin. Uh, who else did we have? Uh, the other the other villains that we had for Spider Man. We had week, one we of had... the Enforcers. Oh, no, we had all three. We... we had all three of the Enforcers. All the enforcers I mean, one issue there. of the Enforcers. Oh, one issue. We had the we had the chameleon, we had Craven the Hunter, and we had the Ringmaster. Uh, I I saw you trying to train past Craven, Andy. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, did we miss your stop? <laughs> you missed my stop because I wanted to get off at Tiger King Gate Station. Down? Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I needed to get off at Tiger King Station oh, specifically shit. for me. Yeah. Can we talk about Craven's character design? Oh, just for Craven like is, I, w- I want you to I want you to take care of that. Yeah, he Craven's is a thirst trap. A thirsty tra- he is like this is where cats came from. He is he is the musical cats as a comic book character. <laughs> he is a gorilla wrestling potion using cats character. Oh god, the, the there's a panel when all of the animals escape because he came on some like zoo boat. <laughs> from Africa, <laughs> and then all the excitement about Craven's arrival, who was, I guess, already you know pre-famous. Yeah. Um, uh, the animals escape. There's one where he's just like throwing cobras into a jar. Into the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He chucks cobras and suplexes gorillas, and we're supposed to just like not be attracted, not to have a boner. Yeah, not have we're a boner. like, uh, that's the hottest thing I've literally ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> God, and and this is this is a weird this is a weird thing for me to say, but Craven's one of my favorite Spider-Man villains. I uh, was really entertained by the entire Craven issue. It was yeah. it was silly and a little dr- not dramatic, but like the action, the pacing was really good for the whole thing. Yeah, and I I like I like the dynamic, even if it sort of devolves into just like you know chase nonsense for several pages and you're like okay cool 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 yeah i let it i laid a trap for you oh i got out of the trap like it's still really nice to have someone because peter's whole deal is that he can get out of shit real fast and he's really slippery and like you know he beats bad guys in like one-on-one f- like showdowns and what's really nice about craven is that Craven's just good enough and just like tr- like he tracks well enough and he's got like these poisons that he used to f- uses to fuck up Spider-Man. He's just mm-hmm. enough of a problem that it becomes like a real chase. Like Spider-Man's on the defense. And I think that's yeah. really cool. I-, I I like I like that dynamic a lot and uh, not not a ton of his uh his rogues gallery can actually put him on defense. Craven's fun too cuz he's uh, he's kind of a Namor like. He's sort of morally gray, dark gray, but like he's yeah. not. He's just a he's just a guy who can be bought, you know. 
Right. Yeah, he's he's like he's a hunter, and it's not necessarily that he's trying to do evil. It's the thrill of the hunt that pulls him towards Spider-Man, right? Yeah. yeah. Man is the most dangerous game. Oh, wait. There's a Spider-Man? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm on a boat. I'm on a zoo boat right now. <laughs> I'll, meet you, I'll, meet you, I'll meet you at the port. I'll meet you at the port. I'm getting on the zoo boat. Is it J. Jonah Jameson who's like, hey, you know, you're in America, bud. You can't just hunt man. <laughs> I mean, we'll basically, see. We'll see. he goes, he goes, yeah, okay, whatever, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's called diplomatic immunity. Yeah. I'll fucking hunt you. Don't even push me. Uh, and then, yeah. <laughs> when he couldn't get any hotter, he threatens to hunt you like an animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, so I, I would say the, the Craven issue is a real highlight. Uh, there's also... I did enjoy the issue with Daredevil and the Ringmaster. Me too. That one was amazing. I really liked it. Even though the Ringmaster is dumb, he's nothing. He's like a he's a villain that was introduced in the Hulk title, which has, by the way, already been canceled. Hulk has been put back into his Tales to Astonish hole. Um, or was it Tales to Astonish? Doesn't even matter. Uh, he's been put back into another hole because apparently his title didn't sell well enough. Uh, but they took the Ringmaster and they shoved him into this. And uh, the whole deal is that he's like he's done like a false advertising thing saying, yeah, totally. Spider-Man's going to be in the circus tonight. Just trying trying to sell tickets. And Peter sees it and he's like, fuck it. I'll show up and be Spider-Man at the circus. And meanwhile, Matt, Foggy and Karen from Daredevil, which what last week, two weeks ago, we read issue one of um, Mm -hmm. they independently decide to go to the circus. And so when things inevitably go south because the ringmaster is trying to like hypnotize everybody and I guess maybe just like steal all their money. I'm not really sure what his actual plan was. He's trying to get them to sit through the whole show because people are about to walk out. (laughs) (laughs) My master plan is to just somebody please watch my circus. The circus can just at this time the circus can just come to New York City and also grownups will just take time off from work to go to the circus. Yeah, not a lot of children in that crowd. No. There's a fun angle where, of course, Matt Murdock being blind, Daredevil's famously blind and he can hear really well. He sort of learns to recognize uh, Spider-Man's, like, heartbeat. And so, you know, he's acutely aware of what's going on. And then um, the Ringmaster's uh, hypnosis powers are visual. And so... Everyone else gets whammied, but Daredevil's blind, so he's totally fine. And so, like, he sort of, like, hypno- hypnotizes Spider-Man to fight Daredevil, and so there's that fun showdown for a little bit. But uh, but I liked I liked that, because it wasn't one of these, like, really hackneyed, like, oh, I've told a lie, and now I'm going to fight him for no reason. It was like, yeah, okay, he's hypnotized. This is a fun way to get two heroes to fight, you know? Yeah. I, I yeah. think if I, if I was growing up in the 60s... Um, when this comment came out, if I had not already had my gay sexual awakening, <laughs> this this specific issue would be the one. We're seeing quite a bit more uh, spider buns than I think we did in the first few weeks. It's the butt, true. I mean, the between him this... and between Daredevil. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Daredevil, Daredevil is very shapely. <laughs> he, the Daredevil costume are, is beautiful. Yeah. like The, the old school the, Daredevil costume has a certain flair. Yeah, it's it's the contrast of the the yellow and the black together that makes him mm-hmm. j- literally jump off the page. Like you can so look good. at any of these pages and the first thing you are pulled to is his rippling muscles coming out of <laughs> that little leotard he's wearing. 
<laughs> yeah, he's he's got it going on. It's incredible. I got to say, my my favorite moment in that issue uh, it wasn't cinematic on the page, but like what it made in my head was very cinematic when I read it, uh, where like Spidey finally beats him. He beats the ringmaster and uh, Daredevil's transformed like, or changed back into Matt Murdock so that he's not suspiciously somewhere else. And he's sitting back in the crowd at this point. And because everyone else in the in the whole room and the whole big top is whammied, uh, when he finally when Spider-Man wins, Daredevil cheers and claps. <laughs> but because it's all echoey, like Spider-Man can't tell where it's coming from. And he's like, oh, that must be Daredevil. Which one is he? I can't even fucking tell. And I, there's something really nice about that where like mm-hmm. like like just imagining a, a huge circus full of silent people and just one guy being like. Nice job, Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. It's it's kind of cool. There's something really cool about it to me, and I couldn't really put my finger on it, but I just wanted to make sure I mentioned it. It was nice. I feel that. Do you love how he, like, sneaks back into the audience, too? Where that panel <laughs> of him sneaking back into the audience, everyone is still just staring forward with their mouth open and their <laughs> eyes wide, and he's, like, slowly crawling over a little banister to get back to his seat. <laughs> 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 it's funny seeing things that you know also kind of get phased out of a character for being clearly a bad idea, but they just haven't quite like they're not on the same page yet. Like, uh, so for cane? example, Daredevil's cane. Yeah, he's still <laughs> using his blind guy cane as like a uh, weaponized, which I guess I, I feel like is kind of trying to do the same thing as the whole secret identity thing. Like, yeah. take a take a take something that is a hardship for a person and convert it into a weapon. Or like some sort of empowerment, you know, uh, symbol. But the cane is just fucking dumb. It's just really dumb. And he like he like I don't know hooks the the hook part of the cane around like yeah a, they a, a, they do so much trying to sell it as like worthwhile. Like look how good my my blind guy cane can hook poles and let me swing on things. <laughs> <laughs> hey Shane, tell me. You know what I want from you? You got us a you got us a fuck Mary kill today. So my fuck Mary kill today. is Rama Tut oh the pharaoh for the future (laughs) Craven obviously Mm -hmm. and also there's a character in that Spider-Man that we were just talking about that we kind of glossed over but his name is the Great Gambino (laughs) (laughs) and he's the guy who gets shot out of the cannon and he's dressed as a bull oh yeah the cannon guy And he goes, he goes, just point me, just point me at him, just point me at him. I could do this. I could do this. Okay, okay, okay. I think I I kill Ramatut. I just don't know enough about him. Uh, he does wear he does wear revealing revealing clothes, but uh, yes, he does. If if you accept that you have to fuck Craven, if that's just a, a given, I think that's a given. One night with no Craven. One, one night in Craven. Um, then <laughs> are you a craven claw oh. Rory? i guess oh. i am today um and also i think you marry you marry the great gambino because he looks like he doesn't like the great gambino was gonna try hard he's gonna get yes. it and he's gonna you know he's gonna so i, I think that's i think that's my order he's yes. a working man he's, he's a working, a working man. man now I know, I know, I basically agree with you, but I do want to put forward the idea that Rama Tut, the pharaoh from the future, is from the future. So if you marry him, you might get some sweet, sweet tips. Oh, he might know who won, though. He he might know who won the the World Series a bunch of times. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) 
So, you know, there might be some serious happiness potential if happiness equals money, which it does, I feel, which in 2020. Okay, okay. <laughs> but no, I think you're right. I think we got to kill Ramatut, fuck Craven, and marry the great Grampy, great Gambino. That is, that is if you, pretty much the way it's got to be. If you think you could handle... You know, being married to Craven, then you could swap them, I guess. You know, oh, you I married you Craven. Tame, you, you could tame. Oh. You could tame the great Craven. I I tame that beast. Shane just wants to look. Shane wants a nice <laughs> art piece to hang out with for the rest of his life. <laughs> I just listen. I don't understand why that. Let's talk about fuck Mary Kill. Let's let's break down fuck Mary Kill. Are you break this saying down. to me? Are you saying to me, people who invented this toxic masculine game, uh-huh. where you have to pick someone to fuck and marry and kill? Fucking is not included in marrying someone. Yeah, that's always been my question. We're implying, yeah. To me, the implication is once was enough Mm, for for fuck. And also, and also, maybe that in marriage, well, you might include that as part of the puzzle. There, you're gonna have to prepare for some dry spells. You know, life is. So if you don't want to be around Craven without the benefits, then that's worth considering. It's true. It's true. Someone's only your slam piece. If a, if a Craven, if a Craven who's not putting out is not a Craven you want to hang with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's real, and I don't know that I'd want to be married to Craven. So I think I stand. I think I stand by it. Okay, he's gonna All leave right. you for months at a time to go hunt. Man, yeah, but, to hunt but, man. but Ramatut is gonna, but Ramatut is gonna like go back to the future and peace out and leave you. Yeah, and he's gonna win every yeah. argument, and that's gonna be annoying. <laughs> I already know how this argument ends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I already know what happened. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Hey, I think that's gonna do it for us today. This, this is really fun. Thanks, uh, thanks you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, thank my two hosts for being so wonderful. By the shades of the seraphim. By the seven rings of Ragador. Bye. 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 Bye.